Hi guys and welcome back to the Female Fitness Podcast. I'm your host Danny, and today's podcast is going to be a sample of the type of thing that goes on in my client-only Facebook page. So this is an upload of one of my client-only Q&As where only my clients can ask questions and I answer for the group to give you an idea of what sort of thing goes on amongst my clients and amongst my own little community. So enjoy this podcast. As always, if you have any questions after listening through, please do not hesitate to get in touch. I'm always happy to help however I possibly can. You are more than welcome to drop me a message on Instagram. My Instagram is Danny Bosworth. That's D-A-N-N-I-B-O-S-W-O-R-T-H. If you do enjoy the content on the Female Fitness Podcast, it would mean the absolute world if you could just share that you're listening on your Instagram story it takes two seconds and if you could like and subscribe or follow if you're on Spotify leave a review leave a comment interact with me it just it just means the world and I really appreciate all of you who do show your support so thank you from the bottom of my heart and if any of you would like to order any supplements from Full Ball Sports you can use the code Danny10 that's D-A-N-N-I 10 at the checkout to save you a little bit of money that is not a commission code I don't make money per person that use that uses that code it just saves you a little bit of money so enjoy this podcast let me know what you think and I hope you guys are having a wonderful day whatever day or time you're listening to this so the first question was do you think it is potentially problematic for people to post their meals on social media full stop to add some context to this Tamsin said I asked this as someone commented how I eat so much food, but the fact is I don't necessarily eat it all. Is me posting my meals when I do post pictures of my physique as well on my social media contradictory to my message that I want to promote, which is to help people improve their relationship with food and their body image? Tamsin said, I post these pictures because I enjoy food, I enjoy cooking, I enjoy going out to eat, but I don't want to send the wrong message or promote any kind of food guilt. I guess people making the comments on my food could also contribute to my own relationship with food slash food guilt. So back to the original question, just to remind you guys of that. The original question was, do you think it is potentially problematic for people to post their meals on social media? Full stop. I don't think that there is anything wrong with posting pictures of the food that you eat. And I actually think that showing that you have variety in your diet and that you consume enjoyable meals and that you're social, that you go out to eat is a really positive thing that sets a really good example to other people, to your clients, for example. I do, however, think that it's important not to place your physique alongside the food that you're consuming because that insinuates, I eat this, if you eat this too, you will look like me. 
which we know is not accurate and it's not helpful. So I don't think that there's anything wrong with posting pictures of the food that you eat, with posting pictures of you going out for meals. I just think that it's important not to place your physique alongside that because that does insinuate eat this and look like me, which we know is not the case and it's not helpful for people. It might, however, be helpful to talk about the fact that you don't always eat all of what you post every now and again so that people know and also to be an advocate of listening to your hunger cues. You know, I always speak to you guys about how it's really important to give yourself permission to leave food on your plate if you get to the point of feeling satisfied. And so it could be a really good opportunity to talk about that point, to talk to people about how it's important not to feel pressured to eat everything on your plate, about how it's important to eat in line with your, your body's hunger cues, as opposed to eating to the point of feeling uncomfortably full and then feeling crap as a result of that. So it might be a really good talking point. Talk about how you feel around this subject and talk about the fact that when you do post pictures of what you eat, you don't always consume everything that's in front of you and explain why that is. But you don't need to do that every single time you post a meal, you know? There are so many things on social media that we could post about that we could sort of add a disclaimer to. But if we were to do that all, we'd literally be going on forever if we were to do that all the time. We need to think about like, who are we trying to help? What message is helpful for them? And don't get caught up in comparing what you're putting out into the world to what other coaches are putting out into the world because what you are putting out into the world is it's important for that to be in line with the message that you're trying to to promote and it's important for that information to be relevant to the type of people that you want to work with different types of people require different messaging and that's okay and it's okay for different people to go about their social media content in different ways because of that I'm not a massive fan of full days of eating because I think it's very common for people to look at those and try to replicate them, which again, we know isn't helpful at all, but I don't think that there's any problems with people posting some of their meals. And like I said, I think that showing you have right in your diet, showing that you can eat out, you can be social, showing that you have enjoyable meals and talking about how you give yourself permission to leave food on your plate when you're satisfied, how you eat in line with the, your hunger cues. I think that sort of thing sets a great example. And so it can be beneficial in many ways. So try to think of it like that. The next question was, how do you reduce social media use or time spent on social media if your job primarily involves social media? Or if social media is your main form of communicating or socializing with other people. This person said, I've done total weeks off before and I felt great for it, but I know that I can't do that all the time and I don't want to do that all the time. 
And so with social media, I think it's important to learn how to be intentional with your social media usage and have boundaries with it, especially if social media is a part of your job. So rather than dead scrolling, for example, be intentional about catching up on your friends posts, messaging people that matter to you and consuming content that you know you're going to learn from or that's going to make you feel good in some way. Content that's going to add to your life, not take away from your life. I would advise unfollowing or muting anyone whose posts don't offer you something, whether that's staying up to date with a friend, whether it's inspiration or whether it's education, any of those things can add to your life. So if people's posts provide you with those things, follow them, consume that content. But if anything makes you feel any negative sort of way, unfollow or mute that person and be really intentional with what you expose yourself to. For work-related social media use, recognize that your purpose is to be a creator, not a consumer. And so post, provide value, and then come off of social media rather than dead scrolling every single time you open up the app, whether it be TikTok or Instagram or YouTube or whatever it is. I would also advise pre-planning your content and having it saved as a draft for each day so that all you need to do on the day itself is upload and then you can come off of social media rather than having to spend a lot of time on social media through the week faffing about with editing reels and stuff like that. And so that would be my advice for that. I don't think that everyone should do social media detoxes all the time. You don't have to do that. But I think it's important to be intentional with your social media usage and make sure that you're using it in a productive way, as opposed to consuming content that leaves you feeling shit or just doing mind numbing activities on there, essentially. The next question was... Is it hard to track progress if your client is not using any quantifiable metrics? For example, if they're not weighing themselves, if they're not tracking their food, etc. My answer to this is not necessarily. Progress just looks different. And at the end of the day, if a client is not using certain metrics, such as their scale weight or tracking calories or macros, they're not using those things for a reason because they're not relevant to that client and other measures of progress then become more important, such as maybe training performance, menstrual cycle function and regularity. They could track their um, basal temperature in the morning to see whether they're ovulating or not. They could monitor their energy levels, their recovery capabilities, their stress management, their ability to regulate their emotions, their relationship with food, their body image. You just need to explain to the client what they need to focus on and why they need to focus on those things and get them to recognize and celebrate their, their wins in the appropriate areas for them as an individual. So it's not, it's not hard. No, you just have to communicate with the client and explain why you're using the measures of progress that you're using and get them to focus on those areas. The next question was, please could you briefly explain metabolic adaptation and can your metabolism ever be broken 
because I hear this a lot. And so the first part of this question, metabolic adaptation does happen. It's just in different ways to what people often assume, but our metabolism can't be broken. No, it doesn't just break. This is kind of just bullshit that's spread around. And I'm going to explain how metabolic adaptation happens using an example, as this will help you understand it much better. So if we reduce our calorie intake, say we want to pursue fat loss, so we get ourselves into a calorie deficit, we have less energy coming in for daily activity and bodily functions. And so our bodies will try to preserve that energy because it's so limited by reducing our activity levels, how much we fidget, you might find that you sit down more. And this results in a reduction in our overall energy expenditure, so calories burned on a daily basis. When we de decrease our intake and we don't provide our bodies with the fuel they need, hunger will also increase, driving us to eat. The opposite of all of this happens when we increase our intake. So when we increase our intake, we obviously have more fuel coming in, we have more calories, more energy, and we might find that we move more. We might find we fidget more. We might find we stand up more. We might find we train harder. And so our energy expenditure increases and we might require even more energy. So metabolic adaptation happens both ways. On top of that, when we lose body fat, we, we weigh less and we therefore require less calories to maintain our body weight. And again, the opposite happens when we gain weight. So if we gain weight, if we gain muscle mass, we weigh more and we require more calories to maintain our body weight. Another thing that can happen is processes, so bodily processes such as menstrual cycle function. Menstrual cycle function specifically is a very energy expensive process, meaning it requires a lot of energy. It requires a lot of calories. And so this is one of the reasons our body will sacrifice menstrual cycle function if we aren't giving it the fuel that it needs. It will sacrifice that process to preserve energy, to keep us alive. That's why we sacrifice menstrual cycle function in a lot of cases. Obviously, there are other things such as our stress levels um, that can contribute to our menstrual cycle function as well, but our energy intake is a large part of it. The next question was how to overcome the new feature change in MyFitnessPal. Apparently they are removing barcode scanning and you have to pay £16 per month. How would you overcome this with clients who currently track using the barcode scanner? So for this, I would say, can you teach these clients to monitor their intake in a way that doesn't require this feature, especially clients who've been tracking for a while, could you even move them away from tracking, away from weighing out their foods or more towards just estimating? Could that be an option? Do they really need it? Because if so, it could be a really actually great opportunity to challenge these clients to lean more towards an approach where they don't rely on my fitness pal to save this £16 a month. So it could be seen as an opportunity in that case. Obviously, if they really need the barcode scanner, then 
they might just have to pay the £16 extra. But I would argue that the large majority of people don't need the barcode scanner and don't need the premium features. They can do without it. And so maybe challenge them to be more accepting of that and put into practice what they've learned so far through tracking without having to use those specific premium features. Can they lean away from MyFitnessPal a little bit potentially? If they're really struggling, they could obviously try a different app. Um, there are loads of calorie tracking apps out there in the world. One of them is Chronometer. And Chronometer is quite good as well because it provides you with much more information than MyFitnessPal does. Gives you information on um, the more specific things such as like B vitamins and stuff like that in food. So that could be worth considering as well. The last question was, I have a client who isn't happy with her current physique and she wants to make more progress with fat loss. However, she struggles to stay focused and stick to her calorie targets. We have spent time working on her all or nothing mentality and she has made fantastic progress. She is now able to have meals with her kids and with her friends without feeling restricted, without feeling like she's missing out. However, she doesn't see this as progress and is annoyed at herself for not seeing any physical changes and not being able to stay focused. Any help as I just feel like she wants to drop calories, but knowing this client, I don't want to undo all of the hard work we have put in for her having balance. So here, I think it's really important to, first of all, make sure that the goals she's setting herself is in line with what she values in life. It sounds like this client might have to sacrifice some more of the balance that she currently has in order to further succeed with fat loss. So if that's what she wants, if she wants to continue to pursue fat loss, and if that goal is in line with her core values, if it doesn't sacrifice her core values, then you need to be willing to allow her to sacrifice some of the balance that she has. And at the end of the day, your clients, they are adults. If they decide that they want to pursue fat loss, you have to be willing to support that. And although you might not want to allow her to sacrifice some of the balance that she's created, ultimately, if that's what she wants, if she wants the goal of fat loss, that balance might have to be sacrificed. And if she chooses that goal, then just support her with that goal. So is the goal of fat loss really what she wants? What does she want? What does she want for herself? What are her values in life? What really matters to her? If she really wants to pursue fat loss, some of this balance might have to, have to be sacrificed. And if so, have this conversation with her, have an open conversation and push her harder if she decides that she wants to continue to pursue fat loss. If not, transition to maintenance and allow her to continue to enjoy the balance that she has. If you come to the conclusion together that fat loss is no longer an appropriate goal for her or if she no longer really wants to pursue that goal so have open conversations with your clients and have conversations about what their goals and priorities are and what's necessary to get to the next stage of their journey when it comes to uh, achieving their goals and whether they're willing to do what's necessary 
So have these open conversations with clients, but let me know if that helps guys. Thank you so much again for any of you who took the time to ask questions. I appreciate it massively. So please do keep them coming. Have a wonderful rest of your day and I will speak to you soon.